podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Majestic. Justice Raji. Man. Ho. Um... You know, given the moment and the, the time of day and what just occurred, we 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 gonna um we just gonna jump in and talk talk a little World Cup. You know what I'm saying? I got enough understanding of soccer to be dangerous and maybe say something ridiculous. And um, but you know, we know enough about a lot of other stuff that we'll, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um yeah, yeah it'll make sense, even if we have hot takes on football or soccer, we can hot. back it up with some like historical context about all this shit. It'll yeah, make it. sense. So, um, you know, spoiler alert, if you if you if you haven't been following, by the time you record this, you was trying to save to find out who won the World Cup <laughs> later. You've been hiding under a rock. You've been not That's trying right. to watch any kind of global uh, news. Right. Well, I guess I don't know if I have to get express written permission from FIFA to talk about the score, but basically Argentina won. Uh in penalties, it was a wild game. Uh, Mbappe is a bad man and a damn scary individual. You know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as they got that penalty, that first penalty, and um, you know, because I, you know, I was watching the match and um, and and I was like, damn, if you know, they have two, but you know, the wild thing about soccer, and for those that don't watch, you know, what I'm saying they don't watch football, you know, what I'm saying the international name, you know, what I'm saying football is like. 2 O's like, yeah, man, we got a big lead. But then as soon as you get one goal, it's not a big lead no more. Like, it's, you know, in other sports, you can, you know, the way leads feel impenetrable, like, it's very exposed when you watch enough, you know what I'm saying, of the beautiful game that, like, yeah, oh, man, you got a big lead. You're doing great. You guys are in control. And it's like, oh, snap, we can lose now. It's like a 16-0 football game that everyone feels like this game is over. And then it's like, oh, it's 16-8. Right. It's not over. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it is exactly, and it's much, it's more fluid so that the it can change quickly. Right. Which I do think is something that in the kind of American watching context has its own challenge. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at like football and baseball in particular, it's a really organized way of who's doing what and who's like kind of in control. Yeah. And then other people are responding to it. Basketball, a little less and hockey would be very, frankly, very similar to, to, to football, to, you know, to soccer in that context, that it would be like anything can change fast, but even hockey doesn't feel like it changes as fast yeah. as 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 soccer does, yeah. But and just real quick, just to hockey's benefit, if you've never gone to see hockey live, go see hockey live. Oh, is it? I would argue it's the most enjoyable right. sport to go see. Yeah, of any American sport. Yeah, yeah. Live, I mean, on TV is not terrible. You know what I mean? Especially with HD, but live is like yo, um, things moving, the pucks flying, skates and stuff, gigantic humans on skates, <laughs> like. <laughs> Six five, six six dudes on skates going fast, crazy. And, and you know, here is our here is my kind of obligatory point to make to everyone, just in case you didn't know. Black folks were some of the first folks in hockey too. Yep. So yeah. it's important for for us to get that, you know, because again, very much like soccer, we have this idea of sports that belong to particular ethnicities. Yeah, and you know, hockey falls in that, but there were Afro, you know, there were leaders on Afro-Canadian teams going back, um, you know, to the 20s and 30s and many of the, you know, players in hockey right now that are good are like Afro-Canadians, you know, um, which I think also it's an important thing to think about that we don't think about hockey being black because 
of our understanding of Afro-Canadians. Yeah, indeed. You know what I mean? And so we don't think that, you know, when we think of Afro-Canadians, we think of Drake and Caravana, which is, you know. <laughs> it's a, it's a later I mean, rivals, at least the Drake part. You, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll just leave rivals. that there. It it's is. like Drake and Caravan is Afro-Canadians. Like, so, you know, it is important to, to note that that sport also, uh, its history is entwined with blackness in in Canada and has back players. So yeah. back to left oh. my PSA. Oh, all good, all good. So, you know, I think the thing that the World Cup always elevates, you know, even outside of like just the play of the sport is sort of the the sense of global connection. And as I think as Americans and in the U.S., we we day to day live such a there's nothing else happening in the world except whatever's happening with us here kind of existence, unless it's something like germane to something that's related to us happening here. Like, so, you know, there's, you know, we know it's been happening in Ukraine and and, and, and the war and the conflict there and the invasion by Russia, but it's a issue in American conversation and American dialogue because it's because of the perceived, the perceived or real and the real or perceived proximity to like, the you know, the, the Cold War and the influence of, you know, NATO, like all these other things that become stake issues for the U.S. So what's happening in uh, Ethiopia is just off the radar. You know what I mean? For, for most Americans. Right. 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 And, and, you know, and there's inside issues with that when you know more about what's happening there. Um, and, and in other conflicts that may be going on, you know what I'm saying, in the world. But the the sense that we we enter so many things sort of just from the like, why is it important to us? And I'm sure someone's going, but isn't that the way that we should think about things? Kinda. Sometimes stuff is not important to you, but it's still good to know about, right? So like the World Cup makes you kind of like go, all right, you know, especially as black folks, I always think about like, you know, in the, you know, the dual identity, multiple identities, the the feeling connected to here, but then, you know, depending on your orientation and, and your experience um, with, you know, American sports and American and, and, and particularly soccer, which, you know, has its has its issues, you know, within its terms of its accessibility in the U.S. Um, I still contend, you know, in my semi-informed opinion that there's structural things about the way we play that, you know, I think we're, I think we're starting to break out of it, but like, there's some, there's just some stuff, right? And, but then you see all these countries and like, you know, if you're watching the French team, you're like, man, a lot of, a lot of African brothers, a lot of brothers, you know, like if you, if I didn't tell you that was France and I just said that was the blue team, you maybe, you know, you know, whether it's a good thing or not, you might've been like, you know, where, 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 the, where the French dudes at, right? You know what I'm saying? But like, they are, you know, obviously French folks, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and the nature of sort of demographic spread and the legacy of colonial colonialism, um, the legacy of, you know, prior ages, that there's a movement of people, people move around the world, you know, and especially in the places that have been the centers of like global trade and commerce in ways that they don't move you know, in other parts of the world. So in the U.S., and even on our, on the U.S. team, you know, this year there were several players like Wea, um, what's my other dude's name, like who are like, they're U.S. folks. They either their peoples grew up here, but like some of them grew up overseas. Some of them, was, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like their, their access point isn't totally just a like, you know, I was born in a, a small town outside of Peoria. And now, you know, I always dreamed of playing soccer, you know what I'm saying, at the highest levels. Um, you know, and you know, you get the you know, the banner waving, you know, folks discover some of our um, you know, white brothers and sisters discover their ethnic heritage, you know what I'm saying, when when the World Cup come around, you know, they're like, Yeah, USA, but like, you know, the Netherlands or Spain. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and all these things, depending on where you're situated in the country, you may not be um familiar with ethnic neighborhoods of various European communities, um, you know, or like I grew up with, you know, Greek and Italian neighbors who were like, I'm Greek. <laughs> I live in the U.S., but we're Greek. You know what I mean? Greek Orthodox Church, the Russian church, you know what I'm saying? Of you're dealing with, um, you know, the, the Eastern Orthodox religion, um, you know, folks. I mean, out here, actually, that, I mean, as dynamic, we got a significant, you know, Eastern immigrant, Eastern European immigrant community, um, 
uh so like some of those dynamics show up but it's always uh like a wake up and reminder that like other parts of the world like they're moving around and they're connected to each other and like sort of this the construct if you ever read uh sapiens um which is a great book i recommend which i'll find I'll get the brother's title but you know he discusses the the concept of like the nation state as a idea that like most humans have agreed is a real thing so therefore you're you know i'm from senegal and i'm a you know i'm, I'm from this nation and you know where a thousand years ago that wasn't necessarily the way that would, would go um you know and not even a thousand years ago actually last 250 300 years yeah i mean yeah. I, I think in in some places fluidly enough the last 70 right right i mean i think according to the formation of what we call the middle east right which i think is always important to remember mm-hmm. like that is a structured term that we do like just like people be like that was south central and now we'll be like that's south los angeles <laughs> right like <laughs> that it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same. Like, got a new name now. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's got a new name now. It's the same. Like you know, the South. No, it's South Central. But yeah, that's a whole story about South Central, which I think is a very good example of how things are named according to identities of places that then outlive that. Um, but the point about the the whole Middle East thing is like you may have had people who align much more by tribes. Mm-hmm. in groups than they did by nations. Yeah. Um, and that's why we're all having this unique challenge even now around like Abu Dhabi and Qatar. And most times we're saying Qatar, but it's Qatar. Right. Like about these families and tribes who were in places and frankly, cities and nations and states are emerging from those tribal places versus the other way. Like normally what we do, we fit tribes and people into these lines. We're uniquely in that area now. These places are emerging that they weren't there before, frankly, where they were there, but not in their current formation. So I think and and I think that's an important part of why the um, World Cup being in an Arab country was important. Right, because we have this idea in America about soccer being for white, rich white people. Because because we don't think it's like for poor white kids. Yeah, no, no. Right, like that. We say they should play football, yeah. <laughs> or if you know if they got freckles, they should play. They should play baseball or something. Right, like right. like Mike Schmidt. Like we don't think that. We think it's like we have we have a political framework around a sport, soccer moms. Mm-hmm. Right, and and what that means for who plays it. And then we also obviously have our many of our immigrant communities who play because of their their countries. So we framed it like that. I counter that if LeBron James would have been given a soccer ball to dribble since he was three, he may have ended up differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have young people who are amazing athletes in this country. Right. Who, because of like you're talking about the access, the way we play and the way we structure it of what of how you can get access. Now, to be true, to be globally good, we know by the time you're 13. Right. Like in 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 soccer, you know, if you're not good by 15 or 16, there's a good chance you're not going to be good. Right. Which is which is a little different than some of our sports. Like we have sports structures that allow you to try to be good later into your uh, adolescence and young adulthood. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could go to a school and be okay and then still get go to the pros where like in, in soccer is not that. But I do still think that the access to fields, the access to people who understand the game would have a lot to do with giving young people different uh opportunities in regard to to the sports um shout out to black arrow black arrow is a um an organization dedicated to advancing um soccer and black communities and they actually partnered with um atlanta united to get fields at the marta stations across uh atlanta oh dope 
to be able to do that. So it takes a degree of intention, um, I think, to to do that for for America to to broaden it and see it beyond that. But also to touch on what you said, um, I think it is a really you know we built on earlier. It's a real identity check. It really starts to make you see the multiple identities that people have because of migration, immigration, colonialism, um, groupings of countries, right? Um, the uniqueness of, to your point, you know, a lot of folks are playing on the American team, but, they, you know, they might spend time on naval bases. They might spend time on army bases and, you know, have one American parent. I mean, that's just, that's a whole thing with, with, with world football that, you know, there are teams who go and recruit folks that they know of any of that origin. And they go and tell them, like, hey, man, we'll come play for us. And it's like, <laughs> try, yo, try I ain't been there. Try, try to <laughs> try and get in and try to play. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like somebody coming to you right now. If there was like a, like a brain bowl or something for all the marbles and being like, just. We know that you lived in Willingboro for the first 18 years of your life. <laughs> How would you like to play for Team New Jersey? You like, but I lived in New Jersey forever. Like, I ain't you know, back to New Jersey. New Jersey as an adult at all. Like, yeah, like, but you're like, that's here, okay. Man. Don't worry about that. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about that. Put on this jersey or the Garden State. Um, but you know, so I think it is a, a thing where we're, we we get a four year checkup on how the rest of the world views identity. And then I think this is the one place where America then tries to like catch up <laughs> to how the rest of the world is is already functioning with identity. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and and it's I think it's I think it's really interesting because like the way we at least the way I experience I should say I should say the way I experience folks like excitement even or like energy around TMEO. So I mean for years we we you know, we've had this like, you know, we're not sending our best. We don't have like the best athletes in America playing soccer, which I, you know, I, I mean I can say maybe, but I actually I actually don't think the idea that we get all of the maximum athletic potential out of everyone that could be an athlete in America, I just don't think we do. You know what I mean? And I'll I'd love to anybody that studies this stuff to prove me wrong. Um, but I just think, I think the assumption that like, yes, e even in the sports that we do really good at, you know, we, we definitely find most of the gigantic humans to play basketball, but even then you see some dudes that's like, yeah, he big, but he ain't good at basketball at all. Like, <laughs> but he big though. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, same thing in other sports, you know, even to the degree that we don't maximize, you know, any, you know, to my white brothers that are fast and nobody will let you keep running, I apologize because it ain't right. People should let you go ahead and live your speed, man. Like, we got to stop this. Like, these dudes out here, they're like, man, I can play cornerback. I got sprints. And people are like, no, you don't. Go over there and we're going to teach you how to do some other job. You know what I'm saying? Or we're going to put you in baseball and modern baseball is like, we just throw fast pitches and hit the ball hard. We don't do all that cool stuff like Ozzy, uh, you know, Ozzy Newsom. Ozzy, you know, back in the days. Uh, not, uh, Ozzie Smith, you know what I'm saying? Like Ozzy Smith, Ozzy Newsom. Yeah, Ricky Nelson's all, all that that aspect of baseball has been removed from the game where it's like, man, that dude's fast. You see how fast he stole them bases? Like, they don't really want to do that no more. They just want to hit the ball hard as all hell. At least that's my opinion. Baseball dude, if I'm wrong, show me about myself. You know what I'm saying? Prove me wrong. I'll start watching your sport. And, you know, like, so saying that to say, like, we get to this thing of like, a mix of folks are just like, we just want to have a good showing because we're not really good at this. So we're just, you know, almost like people couch the 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 idea that we should be competitive in this like, yeah, like them other people play soccer. We just show up for it every once in a while. When it's like, nah, it's like people, it's not a, you know, it's a major U.S. investment in soccer. There's a lot of people playing, playing the sport. You know what I mean? We got, again, a lot of immigrant communities where the sport is big in the States. You know what I'm saying? And they tracking, you know, you know, you, if you, if you have, um, you know, you know, pay for a television or even if you if you plug in an antenna, I'm almost positive wherever you live, there's a station in Spanish that is playing games from overseas, you know, playing games from Mexico, from South America, and you can watch them, you know, Telemundo, I know broadcast them, I think Univision broadcast them. And, you know, you know, there's like, you know, the way TV work, it, just because you ain't watching it don't mean it's not important. It just means somebody else is, is watching it. So, you know, the interest is there 
But like we sort of enter this, and even in the broadcast this year, I mean, I find the broadcast people to be hilarious, especially Alexi Lalas. He'd be wilding, <laughs> like, yeah, crush them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I think that's part of the stick for the, for the soccer world. It's kind of like, yeah, you could like talk trash about beating the other countries. You know what I mean? Where like you know our 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 American sports commentator is like almost don't pick sides. You know what I'm saying? Which is like, nah, man, I'm on our side. Like we want to beat them. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we American sports commentators pick players and not teams, yeah. right? Like people will be like, Lamar Jackson's really good. Yeah, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is amazing, right? Like we'll we'll say that versus like I want the 49ers to win. Right. <laughs> uh, but it does play to more of a you know, frankly, global way that people are perceiving sports, where it's like, whether it's, you know, the World Cup or um, club matches, mm-hmm. right? Premier League, La Liga, like, you know, it's a it's Serie A, Serie A. Like, it's like, yo, we want these people to win, and we are unrelenting about that. And we have two people who are unrelenting about it. The closest you get in America is probably like the Steelers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's the closest thing of like we care about us and nobody else. Like still talking about six uh six <laughs> rings. You know what I mean? Like still hold, you know, kind of the the, the Motown of professional football. Like still holding on to <laughs> when Barry Gordy was around. You know, still got a shot. You know what I'm still got a shot. But I one of the other things that and I saw I had the uh, the pleasure of being in London. Um, last week with the um, oh, yeah. with the with the games and, um, and and actually being in Piccadilly Square when Morocco beat Portugal, um, and that was so laden with different forms of identity, right? And it really helped me understand a little deeper because you know it was Morocco, but it was all North African countries and it was all Arab countries, like. Everybody was out there, and for a night, everybody was Moroccan. You could be Algerian, you could have been Turkish. Like everybody was accepting the fact that these these places that are maligned and not thought of as like good soccer places, right? Because you know, let's be clear: while this is a beautiful game, and people from all over the country, you only have to watch FIFA Uncovered on Netflix if you get a chance to really start to understand some of the deep stuff happening in soccer. Mm-hmm. And you know, far be it from me. I'm not into one of people like, oh, they are corrupt. But some people got locked up. Let's call it that. I ain't gonna say they're corrupt. I'm gonna say some people went to jail. <laughs> some stuff happening. Some-, some stuff. Some stuff happened. Somebody. It was some money went to somebody for somebody else. Yeah. But like, you know, this this idea that like African and Arab and Asian but uh, teams don't play good enough, which is the very kind of the the the, the same way we'll say, you know these teams are all athletes and no, uh, no structure. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's the same kind of idea, right? So the idea that like, skill level is not there, you know? Yeah. Like the, the, in, the individual skill level is one thing, but the collective way they play isn't good enough to beat either South American teams, including Brazil and Brazil. So it's not all race. Some of it's just this idea of this location, and the way that people play. And so Morocco winning has and did so much for the North African, African, because it's also, you know, another PSA here. It is important for some of my really pro-Black brothers and sisters to remember that Black people, as we call them today, is mostly living, you know, uh, mostly populate the the continent of Africa. Yeah, that is true, mm-hmm. but everyone in Africa is not what you consider in America black. Yeah, and it doesn't make it less African as a continent. Yeah, because your friends went to Morocco and didn't get a good interaction. It doesn't make it them less African because you went to the corner store and the brothers and sisters they was Muslim sold you ham. Right. It doesn't make them less African. So we West less African. Like we have to get over that because that's not ge- like just geopolitics. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. 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 And it's it's and I like I understand where people are, I mean, maybe I do understand where people are coming from, but like we you know, we there are like 
know, geo, you know, geopolitical, social realities that are happening, <laughs> like the the dynamics of of the societies that we're, we're talking about, you know, are, are far above, um, far more complicated than you know, than like a structural lens that just goes, you know, blackness uh, in this way. Like, not saying that you know, you know, we still need to engage in various ways of of, of uh, pushing that, you know, about anti blackness. Um, you know, what have you, but the, it's a lot, lot more stuff happening there. You know what I'm saying? Than just, you know, and I, and I, I think the, uh, the, as it was happening, right. You know, even like, you know, like, first of all, Morocco, damn tough team. Like they was playing, you know, you know, good, 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 good ball. Like they was, you know, it was, the defense was impregnable. You know what I'm saying? For most of the most of the tournament until the, the absolutely got higher, you know, just so the teams got tougher. The which I think is not, you know, I, I think like you could you could say in like basketball on the world level, I mean, the U.S. is still far ahead. <laughs> They're not as far ahead as when we were kids. <laughs> no, not at all. You know what I'm saying like Spain is Spain. You would say like U.S. Spain uh, was it Croatia? Yeah. Um. Usually, Croatia and uh, Serbia, um, Lithuanians used to be super tough. Not so much these days. Um, France is getting better. You know what I'm saying? They got the, you know they, France got fair, but like the teams that the countries that used to that basically like it's like yo the U.S. just can't show up and win, which we've known since you know the redeem team in the early 2000s. Argentina, you know what I mean? Not so much this recent generation, but the, the previous generations. Whereas, like, yeah, the world started to catch up to the skill level, you know what I'm saying? And also Absolutely. shock and awe of the nature of, of American uh, sports. Like, the, the shock and awe wore off, and then the skill level got better. So the contention I always hear with that about, you know, sub, like African soccer and, and Asian country soccer is, you know, their capacity is, you know, to me... I mean, you know, it's obviously some ethnocentrism and other stuff in there. Like, you know, I live on Earth. I know I understand that. But it's also a not an acknowledgement that like, well, if 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 more and more the sport it grows in those countries and in the structure around it, I mean, you know, the even the NBA's investment in basketball in Africa, you know, is about, you know, I mean, obviously it's about two things, I think. One, you know, they trying to make money, <laughs> and, and, and similar to uh, baseball, trying to find as many basketball potential basketball players as possible. You know, absolutely, I think it's not as insidious as basketball. I mean, baseball's operation with you know my my, my brothers in in the Caribbean and South America, where they, you know, feel like they you know kind of put people in a bad spot, like where they they don't got a lot of options to come into the sport, but the. That's my opinion again. Baseball, dude. You know what I'm saying. So if you feel some kind of way, tell me about myself. Um, the hey man, I want some of these black baseball brothers, man. Tell just what's really happening, man. And y'all is working on some stuff, man. Say I be I be I be checking in on the baseball because you know we used to really like baseball in our community, and now we be like, eh, baseball. <laughs> also, I've been reading uh, Ricky Nelson, uh, uh, Howard Bryant's uh, biography of Ricky uh, Ricky Henderson, and then I yeah. uh, just watched the Willie Mays doc on uh, HBO that's pretty dope and it reminds me like yo man we really in like baseball like, you know what I'm saying we was out here in this baseball these baseball streets and now we not but in the same way but it's still like go ahead Mookie Betts you know what I'm saying Mookie like go get him yeah. hey no I mean and so I think you know you 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 make a great point about understanding the complexities of like global stuff beyond you know and we talk about this often beyond your borders like yes the you know there are countries that have anti-black sentiment and it can be fueled by a variety of reasons that is fueled by mm-hmm. but that doesn't disqualify morocco from they play in the africa's cup <laughs> like they all play each other they're, they that's what continent they're on mm-hmm. right and it's a win for all of african soccer when they went it's not just for North African soccer or just for, for the Arab world. Um, and I think it's important for us to broaden our understandings. I think, you know, this every four years, it gives us a time to broaden our understanding of these things. Quick thing about the NBA. You know, it's been about 30 years now since 
you know, the dream team went out there since, since basically when America got beat by Russia and then we went and got all the big guns to run through <laughs> the rest of the country, the rest of the world. We ain't got the cousin lobby to show up and be like, hey, man, they beat us, man. Go get you. I'm going to get my cousins. <laughs> We're going to get my cousins. So we went and got our cousins and then people from other countries showed we don't care. But once your cousins went back in the house and you brought your other cousins out that couldn't fight as well, right. the rest of the world showed you we don't care about them neither. Um, but if you look at the NBA 30 years later, you have Giannis, you have Joel Embiid, right? Uh, what's you have Luka Doncic, uh, what's big dude from uh, oh man, uh, Jokic, Jokovic, Jokic, Jokic. yeah, I'm saying you got Jokic, so you have, I mean, frankly, four to five of the top 10 players in the NBA right now are not American born, yeah. Right. Um, now, for my woke brothers and sisters, don't 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 take that as a tack on that they taking basketball from us. <laughs> that mean that. And basketball, and basketball doesn't belong to you, hey. as you can tell. It doesn't belong to you. It, hey. You play it. It's a difference. Um, so that is a a thing of understanding that the sports are global. That sports don't have like a limitation anymore. Right. So if you got a kid that you know. Maybe ain't the best in some of these other sports. Don't hesitate, not just for soccer or football, but don't hesitate for tennis. Like you look at Francis TFO in the U.S. Open. You look at, you know, I mean, the history of black tennis. We've talked about that, like squash. Like we, you know, we have to understand that sports are global and the possibilities are global and not to necessarily put these limitations on the sport just because it's the one we see on television. Because that was the case, you would only go to lawyers that, helps you when you uh was in a car accident <laughs> or you don't go to mcdonald's <laughs> so right. don't just do the stuff on tv like you know and and salute to the argentinian team i mean messi um you know he put himself in diego maradona uh rare air now yeah yeah, yeah. right there, there's there's a there's there's a position for him to be you know kind of seen as the best, at least the best player of this generation now, um, especially since Ronaldo didn't win one, um, you know. And so I think uh, it's it's interesting in a, in a time for folks to be able to reflect and learn. And then you know the twenty twenty six World Cup will be in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, yeah. um, which I think will be fascinating. And hopefully, the you know the groundwork will be done to really be able to have people get access to understanding what it is and understanding kind of the global take once that, once that happens, that's, that's going to be exciting. I think it'll be a great opportunity. I mean, and hopefully folks will take advantage of it too. And I think, I think it's beneficial for our community to really embrace like the, the, the connectivity to other places, right? Like you can, you can be, American and a part of the U.S. and this is your home and your neighborhood and your town and everything else, and also connect with these other things that may be, you know, you know, like you know, I, you know, I, I, I'll be transparent. I root for all of the African teams. <laughs> I root for all. I root for all the teams of absolutely that don't normally that haven't traditionally been the powers within global soccer. Because I'm like, yo, I want to see. I want to see South Korea break through. I want to see, uh, you know what I'm saying, Senegal break through. Senegal be looking tough. Ghana, you know what I'm saying? I want to see, I, want, I, was, I was excited for Morocco. I mean, I think the other thing that's going to be interesting at the next World Cup here is that it's supposed to, it's going to expand to 48 teams. You know yeah, saying? you're going to see a lot more, frankly. You're going to, you're going to see a lot more African teams yeah. and Asian, a lot yeah. more African and Asian teams. Yeah, and then like, you know, and so the U.S., Mexico, and Canada all – I think automatically get in as the host countries, but then there's some seeding and, you know, so it's going to be an even bigger, you know, t- field, you know, I think the biggest field, and I didn't really, you know, I didn't, you know, it was sort of interesting too, when you started learning more about the, the day world cup history and they're like, Oh, well, only these teams have won. And it's like, well, it's parts of this. It y'all was the only teams y'all brought. Like, of course y'all won. <laughs> like it was like right. Argentina, Brazil, you know what I'm saying? France, uh, uh, Germany, Germany. Like it was like, yo, so wait a minute, like, you, you know, so, you know, despite the, the development, like, you know, when you watch even like some of the South American countries like Colombia and Ecuador, um, you know, that typically have, you know, pretty strong teams, you know, they, 
we might assume that they have as strong a, a history of attending and being in the World Cup as Brazil. It's like, actually, they don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, even in Europe, you know, every all every European country has not had necessarily equal access to the experience of playing in the World Cup. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we, you know, we can get into the, the, whatever the global politics and colonial history of all of that is that, that makes that the case. Um, you know, it, but it's a... I think this is something I think, you know, we'd be miss if we didn't speak on it a little bit, you know, because there was, you know, for those that don't know, you know, the um, many of those Gulf states and and, and polities um, depend on migrant labor. Um, and, you know, as you could imagine, the conditions are not good. And, you know, there was a, there, you know, there's been articles about it. I'll see if I can pull up a few to share because I think it's important. Um, to just say, like, yeah, like, as, as is still the case, often when something gets built and there's a big to do, working people take a hard, take a bad one, <laughs> in tr- it, it, as are in some ways fodder for the for the exuberance and the fun um, of other people. And you know, we we still got ways to go, you know, to to, to some you know find a space to like, yeah, we're gonna have this great event and the world's gonna come and everybody's gonna celebrate. And you know, watch great you know athletics and, and 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 pride in your country and excitement, and also let's treat humans with some dignity and respect, and you know, make sure that they're getting fairly compensated for their experience. Um, you know, but it's a, and so I don't know what that's going to look like. <laughs> uh, yeah, twenty six. Yeah, here. I, I think I've been I thinking know. about that. I mean, yeah, to call out to your point, just like the the Nepalese and folks from all across South Asia. Um, you know, as an aside, who were brought to build these cities, yeah, world, regardless of the World Cup, right? right. Regardless, that's, that's, yeah, that's why I'm in the center. Like, the World Cup shines a light on it, but this is not a new thing, like, it didn't just no, these are the people who are coming to these countries and these nation states that 25 years ago was a, a desert, and that's that's not a I'm not making a uh, you know, kind of defamative statement on these places, like literally some of these places were not there 25 years ago, right? Like these are planned cities in ways that America, we don't imagine planned cities. Everything is here is here. And we just either try to build on it (laughs) or build around it versus like, we're going to create something anew. So it's just a different lens, but yes, you know, these mega cities that we now go to and go out in the desert and get on ATVs and think like they were like desert Lords and shit, Right, you feel like you feel you feel like you're going on a grand adventure when you're like yeah, yeah like these places and yeah, like riding camels and shit. <laughs> these places are places that are built by labor from other countries, and sometimes people go back home in a box. Yeah, right. And you know, this is not my plea for everybody to, you know, kind of renounce capitalism. Far from it. But my point is. Like, know what you're doing when you're doing it. So just as we ask people to watch their anti-Blackness, we ask people to watch what they're doing when they're coming to America. For We ask people to watch what they're doing when they're consuming, you know, kind of cultural appropriation, right? These are all the things that in America, we, we are very particular about asking other people from other countries to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also have to be conscious that when we're going to other places, acknowledging that what you may be doing and the fun you may be having may may actually be on the backs of other people who are treated much like your people in your country. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, let me Raji, uh, sour note Raji out here, but you just got to touch on it. And, and the reality is like, you know, I'm sure somewhere there's going to be some stuff built. I mean, you know, at least one thing and, you know, I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm going to say it. You know, the amount of public funds that go into stadium and facility building in the United States, you know what I'm saying? Um, whatever sport owners, if they need your field, shut up and let them use it. You know what I'm saying? Make it happen. Don't be talking about what we need. We, what we need, we're going to need to get a public subsidy. Because they, you know, ain't, ain't, ain't nothing newer in America than being somebody that already got a lot of money saying, I need some more public money to help me to, you know, not spend my money on this thing everybody going to use. Because suddenly, it, suddenly you find uh, the idea that everyone should contribute with, with once you got a, a gigantic financial lead. Um, but also, like, you know, it's important for us to, be, to bear witness, like, global labor is a real thing. The struggle for, for fair 
experience, you know, I think it's important that, you know, and I would say just, you know, looking at it from a travel and tourism as a tourism situation, you know, everybody that I know a lot of y'all enjoy cruises and boats, but then boats is staffed by people is crewed by people that ain't always getting the best experience. And, you know, and I went on, I've been on a cruise, one real cruise and I had a great time with my family. It was a great moment, you know, for us and what happened there. But also I couldn't escape the reality. Like I know that these, some of these brothers that's running this boat. I don't know if they, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't saying they was getting treated bad, but I can't say for sure they were being treated well. And that bothered me. <laughs> and I decided, I don't think I'm getting on no more of these boats. You know, other people do your thing. I think I'm going to try to do some other experiences. Um, you know, I just think it's important from, a, from again, from that connection perspective and the way we think of ourselves and the way we think of the world. You know what I mean? Because we can be, you know, quite frankly, seduced in, in, in two different poles, right? From one pole of like almost a romanticism of this global struggle for a new world and that there's these very clear lines of like that side is this and we're side is that. And one day we're going to take that side down. And then, you know, bloody world history is kind of like, it never really totally plays out that way. Society's changed, quite frankly, world's changed, you know, world orders change, um, the structure and the control of power changes, but very rarely, you know, sort of the storybook upthrowing of power. And then yeah, absolutely. very rarely, does that happen? And it sure that hasn't happened with humans, like we're everywhere that humans are. And not saying that we shouldn't strive for the most equitable, fair, and decent society that we can achieve. But I just want us to have some perspective on each other, give each other some space to like, yeah, I know I'm trying to make the world a better place, but right now I want to go eat this sandwich and take a nap <laughs> or like have a hug, you know, hang out with my kids and not be in in a in a in an end of the world fight for change. On the other side of that pole. Uh, you know, if just making it a, a you know a buy bifurcation, so to speak, or a two point poll conversation, you know, I think there's multiple polls. The like the other side of like you should just do whatever makes money and is fun without any regard for the impact is like, no, nah, that's that's not cool either. Like, <laughs> like you know, we we need to we can we should strive to have some sort of equitable thinking, you know, not just what's happening in the games when they come to the to this part of the world. But also, like, what can we raise awareness about, you know, if money's going to be flowing <laughs> to to make the the experience, this great experience, make sure that money flows to, you know, don't just flow to the same people. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the, the you know, I'm sure Atlanta's going to host some games. It's a global city. You know what I'm saying? New York's going to host, man, I don't know all the city. I think all, I think it's like 16 cities. I think all the and it's like, it's all the, you know, kind of usual suspects, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia. Um, Boston, Atlanta, Miami, um, I think one place in Texas, um, Toronto, Bay Vancouver, area, Monterey, Monterey, Monterey Mexico City. City. And, uh, it's three and it's three in Mexico, yeah. um, Toronto and Vancouver yeah. in Canada, uh, Seattle, yeah, Seattle, uh, Northern California, Southern California. So yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, so let's just. Let's be prepared. You know what I'm saying? You know, hopefully the U.S., you know, I think the team's going to be better. You know what I mean? We have a strong showing. Let's, let's see if we can get breakthrough. Um, but also, like, you know, let's, you know, is there an opportunity for us as, as Americans, you know, to think about, like, yo, how could I, how how could I look at this as an opportunity to make some global connections that maybe change the way we operate in the world and and bring something else, you know, bring bring some other flavor not just look at it as this, you know, as a callous way to like sell stuff to folks that are cut, folks that will quite frankly probably have lots of money because to go across the world from some other parts of the world, usually them people got a lot of money. Not all the time, but people in them boxes, they got money. They got a lot of bread, you know, whatever country's currency system may be. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, is there a place to to connect with the, the different cultures that'll be coming here and the fans that are traveling here or locally? You know what I'm saying? If you're in a city with a, you know, with uh, you know, let's say the Ghanaian team, the team Ghanaian team is coming, and you in a city with a lot of Ghanaian citizens, a lot of Ghanaian community, a lot of, like, yo, how can you plug in? Or y'all like, yo, Ghanaian Ghana in the U.S. We about to go at it, but then we're gonna eat some jollof after, like, and kick it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and maybe we'll find get the kids together, play some, play some matches, or like, even if they're not already playing. That's right. You know what I'm saying? No, like, it's it's, it's a chance. To, it's 
it's a chance to go to the top of the eight and really think globally um, and allow ourselves to continue to be global citizens. Um, you know, there's another time for this conversation, but one thing I'd be moan, and when you look back at history, um, and you'll hear it in some of our upcoming episodes of how, like, the Black presence globally and talking and communicating globally goes back hundred now over 100 years. And, you know, Black people in America have largely retrenched from global engagement, even in the last 50 years, right? Um, outside of maybe fighting for uh, apartheid, right? So I think there's a place, and if we if, if a sport is your gateway drug, fine. If Joloff is your gateway drug, <laughs> right. that is that is absolutely fine. If any kind of food you want to eat or anybody's jersey is a gateway to understanding kind of like the global community, um, I think it's important. And, you know, for all the folks across the, the country and the world that were able to watch a, a thrilling game, a thrilling end, um, you know, salute, you know, congrats to, to Argentina. Um, you know, and uh, you know, don't be afraid to watch some of these matches. And also, and uh, you know, MLS, y'all can cut us a check later. But don't be afraid to watch some of these, you know, major league soccer games in America. I mean, there's good soccer being played on the men's and women's side, um, which is important to remember. Yeah, to and like and absolutely. No, and I'll tell you that. I mean, MLS is good, and the NWSL is fantastic. <laughs> It's good. Like, you know, I mean, and don't forget next time in the Women's World Cup, like, you know, unlike some of our other structurally, the way we're taught show to engage, you know, the one of the things I appreciate about the sport and even, you know, hopefully it will grow. But like, you know, and I and I only say that just because unfortunately we operate with the narrative that like, oh, just like women playing the sports. It's not that they're not as it whatever. It's good. <laughs> Watch. Like it, yeah, no, it, absolutely. The, the play is fantastic. The the energy, everything about it, and you know, um, it's. Uh, I would encourage you if you've never watched, you know, uh, international football. I'm trying to get better. You know, on the Paramount Plus, you can get some of the uh, UEFA games and and some of them. I'm trying to, you know, the timing of the day that the game matches come on be throwing me off with the uh, Champions League, you know. Uh, the Premier well, League. well, the Premier League, the, well, the Premier League is always, I mean, you know, that's the one that you see like on the NBC. That's always a challenge because they're five hours ahead, right? So all the games are taking place in England. So it's kind of like they're playing at two o'clock, which means they're playing at nine o'clock. <laughs> and and for, you, like, oh, and for you, they're playing at six o'clock, yeah. right? So, so <laughs> it, they're, there is that reality of particularly, um, you know, European games. I think the, you know, the World Cup, they solved that by having them just play at night. So that way uh, the rest of the world could watch it during the day um, because it was so far ahead. Right. And even a lot of the games when, when I was in England were still three or four hours ahead. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? In order for people to watch it across the land. So, yeah, check check out MLS. And, you know, there are there are things that are happening in major league sports that are also ways to tap into your respective cities. Um, mm -hmm. You know, obviously, the Timbers do it well in the in the thorns. Um, yeah. You know, but Philadelphia Union and there's, you know, there's also starting to be just because I know everyone always needs some hip hop connection. That we need some sort of rapper to be connected to something to make it make sense. Right. We get a rapper um, involved. You know, Kevin Durant is an investor in the uh, Philadelphia Union, and Yo Gotti is an investor in DC United. So, just in case you needed some sort of rapper to make right. sense of this, <laughs> I, just helped, I just helped you watch soccer because you think a rapper's involved. So, right. there that goes. And make it more legitimate. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's, uh, you know, that, that tap in and embrace it is all, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, um, yeah, I think that's all I had. Just you know, I think it's it's a, it's a there's there's a there's some other thoughts I have that I'll save for later. But just there is something to you know building a, a broader, a more global orientation. You know, what I mean, while maintaining your understanding of what it means to be present here, <laughs> that I think is, is beneficial. Um, specifically, you know, what I mean, for for the way Black and Brown folks move. 
and deal with you know certain dynamics of the of our experience but i think it's for the betterment in the in the long term future of our country <laughs> of our society like finding a way to have um a more robust global um connection i think is i think is i think it's important and so i want to lean into that so that's all i got you got anything else no sir all right so with that i'm saying peace peace Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Justin. Uh, good Brothers is a creative conversation uh, between me and my good brother, and is a part of the Ash Overhead podcast as it currently exists. You can support the podcast by listening, uh, rating, and subscribing where you listen, sharing. Um, those are the main things. But you can also support by becoming a patron. Um, you can search Justice Raji on Patreon and to help me offset the monthly costs uh, you can also head to the Etsy shop if you search ask your old head you can look for the shop having a little bit of SEO issues however if you look up Justice Raji look up the shop or if you go to askyouroldhead.com and click on the link for the Etsy shop it'll take you right to it you can buy a sweatshirt or a t-shirt or the art, the culture shirt and um, all of that goes directly to cost to make the podcast so if you want to fly sweatshirt got a new style up there go check it out you know what i'm saying be the first one in your neighborhood to get one um, other than that though please just listen subscribe if we're coming to the end of 2022 you know we got some cool stuff in development coming uh, as soon as january and um i'm looking forward to sharing so with that um say stay warm uh stay focused stay safe Stay responsible. Yeah, all of those things, man. And uh, yeah, that's it. Peace.